Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. Now, tonight, I am so privileged to be able to have this guest co-host with me. We connected actually through the Leadership Development and Networking Organization of BWEA, Black Women's Educational Alliance. We are both fellow members of the organization, which focuses on lifting, educating, mentoring, and uniting women of color in the field of education and helping them to walk through their leadership roles as well as endeavors. BWEA is celebrating 45 years of service this year, and Dr. Claudia Curry recently joined the ranks of the movement of this powerful group of women. But have you ever experienced someone who comes into an organization and gets right to work, supporting, finding her place for impact, and sharing her expertise from the very first meeting? Well, That's Dr. Claudia Curry. (laughs) We have shared space together to enlighten and encourage and empower fellow leaders. And you will have an opportunity to experience her gifts and her wisdom during our 15th episode. I can't believe it. The 15th episode of The Flip Side. Dr. Curry is a leader, an author, an actress, an educator, a professor, a speaker, and artist, and the founder of the Institute for Women's Empowerment. Can you say Renaissance woman? I know, right? (laughs) Her passion is helping women improve the quality of their lives by equipping them with tools to empower themselves. You know, the quote on her business landing page of If We Inc. says it all. The acronym If We stands for the Institute for Women's Empowerment. It causes us to think as women, if we, if we knew the power that lay within us, we would strike down every enemy that seeks to destroy us. If we understood the destiny that is unfolding before us, we would pursue it with more drive and purpose. If we were wise enough to discern that this is our time, with all that it is good, we could conquer the world. That's from Reverend Dr. Gail J. Randolph-Williams, the co-pastor of the City Church of Philadelphia. I can't wait to be able to share the insight from Dr. Claudia Curry. She has written several books and is a powerful keynote speaker on empowerment and leadership. Some of the titles of her work include Bounce Back, The Ultimate Strategy for Survival, 
Women as Agents of Change, Empowerment, an Inward and Outward Journey for Women, Self-Esteem, a Biblical Perspective, Understanding the Empowerment Phenomenon, Effects of a Pilot Women's Empowerment Program on Female College Students, and her contributing chapter, Taking Matters in My Own Hands, Strategies for Surviving the Culture of Academia, appears in Making Our Voices Heard, Women of Color in Academia. And the title for our episode this evening, Her Life Story, Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do, appears in They Carried Us, The Social Impact of Philadelphia's Black Women Leaders. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat, as am I. I have been looking forward to this conversation all week long. I'm honored to share with you Dr. Claudia Curry. Welcome to the show, Dr. Curry. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. Thank you very much for having me on the show, and thank you very much for uh, for us coming together and you being a part of my network. I really appreciate the introduction and I appreciate the research that, that you've done. So it's really great to be here and hello to our listening and watching audience. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So I want to jump right into this conversation. Okay. So tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you came about the title, Don't Tell Me What I Can't Do. <laughs> that title by itself, I said, that will get people just to log in to say, well, who told her not to do it? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's very interesting. And that's pretty much been my attitude uh, since I was a child. Mm -hmm. uh, because I grew up the second eldest of 10. I'm of six boys and four girls. And there were things that I wanted to do and things that people wanted to do for me. And they were told by folks that if you cannot do for all 10 of the children, then you cannot do for Claudia. And that, that was very hurtful. And the very first time I heard that, I was about nine, nine or 10 years old. And it had to do with uh, someone from my church at the time wanting to take me to the World's Fair. And, and so I'm dating myself because we took the train to the World's Fair in New York. And after having been told that, and then my father learned about that and said, oh, no, she goes. Whatever it is that folks want to do for her, she goes. And I did get to go, and I had a great time. But I grew up with people having the attitude because I was poor and did not have a lot, could not contribute a lot growing up, being one of 10 children, that there pretty much wasn't much that I could offer. Mm. Um, not only as a child, but as a teenager, and then moving into adulthood. It's, it's been very mind-blowing mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that folks, and I grew up in the, you know, in the, I'm, a, I'm just gonna say it, because if I go out and kill somebody, you'll find out that I'm 73 years old. <laughs> Dr. And, Claudia Curry, yeah. co-host on, Living strong. 
Rob's a bank, 73 yeah. years old. 73 years old. But we we were poor. Mm. And so when I when I went to school, it was pretty much in hand-me-downs. And it was time to get dressed for a trip, a class trip. It was pretty much hand-me-downs. Getting my hair done was Easter or Christmas. Getting a gift at Christmas, we always got a toy and we received a book. But we we did we did not have what other children had. And and in those days, families had 10, 12, 15 children. But those children that came from a family of maybe only two or three or four obviously had more than than we had. So not having brand new shoes until Easter, (laughs) uh, that, that kind of stuff bothered me as a child, but I pretty much, because I am an inward person, pretty much kept it to myself. Mm. So that's pretty much how all of that came about. Now, I never verbally said to anyone, don't tell me what I can't do. Uh, So it was probably my facial expressions, which I still get beat up about now, and probably my body language. But now as an adult, I fight with my mind and my energy and the strength that God has given me when someone makes it, tries to make it clear to me, attempts to make it clear that whatever it is you want to do, you cannot do it. And I can go as far back as being a quota Mm -hmm. for a major life insurance company. I was Mm -hmm. working for a major utility. They wanted to do union. I said, no. I got up one day and put on a pillbox hat and gloves and a matching bag and a gray dress dress with a pink stripe and went on down to the insurance company and got a job. And folks said, you're not going to get it. Well, I was the first black receptionist that this company had ever hired. And that was Penn Mutual Life Insurance Company, in case anyone is hired. But as I listen, right, as I listen to you, it and I know you listened to Jane, uh, Jane Hopkins episode last week. Yes. She said something very similar from the time of her childhood. She was a fighter. And you said the same thing very early on. It was in you that don't tell me what I can't do. Like, I will not be limited to the boxes that someone else tries to put me in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And folks that are listening who are boxing in other people, Mm -hmm. stop it. Because the hole that you dig, the box that you dig, you're going to fall into that box. You're going to end up folded up in that box. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very, very careful. I can give other examples of when the Urban League hired me as a consultant in 1987 to create the Urban League Leadership Institute, first ever Leadership Institute program in Philadelphia for African-Americans and people of color. And I was told, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. Well, I was asked to raise about $35,000 to get the pilot program going on in 1988. Folks said, oh, no one will ever give you that money. I raised 27.5. Yes. I went to foundations and I particularly went to our black organizations and said, this is what we're going to do and this is how we need your help. So 
For those who said I couldn't do it, I was hired in 1988. And when I left in 2000, I had trained and participated in training over 500 people of color, including our former mayor, Michael Nutter, our former councilwoman, Blondell Reynolds-Brown, our former De deputy of streets, Florina Tolson. I could go on and on and yes. on and on. So please stop telling me what, what I can't I do. Cannot <laughs> do. Exactly. And then <laughs> I love how you not only will stand in your own truth and recognizing that what someone else tries to box me in with, I'm going to knock down. But just in that example you just gave, you not only make sure that you you aren't boxed in, but you keep create space, room at the table. Knowing you, you build your own table for people to sit at so that it's not just about you, but it's also about being able to lift other leaders and empower others to recognize, don't let other people box you in. There's more in you. So can you tell me a little bit about how that has turned into a flip side experience for you? Well, I'm... I'm and and you're abs you're absolutely right. I do create seats at the table for people, and I encourage people to take a seat. If you're not at the table, no one is going to know that you exist. And so, when volunteer opportunities, and I'm going to use working in higher ed as an example, and I will be officially retired on August the 31st after 19 and a half years as the founding director of the Women's Outreach and Advocacy Center. And that was another situation where I was told what I could not do because I entered the academic arena with a corporate and nonprofit background a business background, and folks assumed that because I did not have degrees in higher education and student affairs, that I would not be able to walk into an institution and survive. And so there were attempts, as I discuss in my chapter in the book, how to succeed in, in America, in a, a corporate, a, a, I'm getting mixed up, higher education, I had to take things into my own hands. Mm -hmm. And so I developed this mentality of making people liars, turning them into liars. You can't do this because you don't have a degree in this. You can't do this. I walked in and I said, you know what? Folks have no idea that higher institution, higher education is a business. Okay. And so here lately over the last 10, 15 years, they've been hiring folks with business backgrounds. Everyone who works at higher education does not have a degree in higher education or student affairs. Okay, so I, I was hired to create this program. Yes, I had to deal with the naysayers. One of the very first things I did was to meet with a group of faculty members and counselors. A lot of those faculty members taught me when I was there in the, in the, in the mid-70s. And I went in and I didn't say, here's my agenda. This is what we want to do with the Women's Center. What is it that you're looking for? And I think it's very important that we don't walk into a room 
and throw our agenda on the table and then expect for folks to accept our agenda. You know, folks have this leadership mentality. It's my way and no way. No, it's not your way. It's everyone's way. So allow everyone to bring to the table. And one of the things I talk about in my team building session is that it's not necessary for you to put on your team, everyone that looks like you, thinks like you, smells like you, speaks like you, walks like you, dresses like you. You yes. put your, one of the things that Abraham Lincoln did was to put his enemies, his naysayers on his team in order to be successful as president of the United States. Everyone has something to offer, whether yes. you like them or not. It's not about being liked. It's about bringing all of our resources together. Absolutely. And, and you know, yeah, go ahead. All about bringing our resources together and working as a collaborative. No man is an island. That's one of my favorite ballads. No man is an island. No man stands alone. Each man's joy is joy to me. Each woman's grief is my own. Yes. So as I listen to some key nuggets that I want to make sure people heard, one, as a leader, when you're walking into a space, it's not just about your agenda, but it's an opportunity for you to hear what's needed by the collective voice. And also look around. Is everyone at the table like-minded just like you? Do they look just like you? Do they approach things the same way you do? Well, you've just allowed or boxed out innovation if everybody at the table is alike. So it's an opportunity to mix things up. As we get ready to come back from our next break, we're going to begin to talk with Dr. Curry about how do you bounce back? We want to dive into a little bit of her presentation called Bounce Back, the Ultimate Strategy. Right after this break, if you haven't had an opportunity to log into our growth webinars that Living Strong is doing every single month, the first Tuesday of every month, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, check out our website at www.livingstrongllc.com for an opportunity to join the next growth webinar. You must Give trade, you must give up in order to grow up. The law of the trade offs. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life, so why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, Let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for first Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern 
and four Pacific, and let's grow together. It's your time. The law of the trade-offs. We need to give up some things we value to grow up. We all make trade-offs in life. We don't always get what we want, but we always get what we choose. When you want something you've never had, you've got to make changes you've never done. Give up financial security today for potential tomorrow. Give up immediate gratification for personal growth. Give up security for significance. You cannot always make a new start, but you can make a new end. So join us September 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next growth webinar. Our first Tuesdays with the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. We are unpacking Law 11, the law of the trade-off. You must give up in order to grow up. Register at www.livingstrongllc.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veardra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Well, welcome back. If you have been listening at all, you have felt the fire, I'm sure. <laughs> we are talking with Dr. Claudia Curry. And when I say powerhouse and Renaissance woman, I'm just talking, <laughs> giving you an understatement to the power and the insight and the wisdom that Dr. Curry brings to this conversation. We were just talking about leadership and being open to collaboration innovation and making sure that those you put around you don't have the same, uh, they don't think like you, that, that you're not limiting the conversation at the table to your comfort zone. But just before the break, I set Dr. Curry up for us to walk into one of her presentations called Bounce Back, the ultimate strategy for survival. Tell me what prompted you to develop that presentation? Well, back in, in 2010, I was invited to a women's spirit retreat. And the organization is the African American Luther Association, Philadelphia chapter. And at that time, uh, Dr. Addie Butler was working at Community College of Philadelphia. And Addie and I had done, Dr. Butler and I had done some things at Community College. And she said, I'd really like for you to come and talk to our women. And so she gave me a little bit of background about the types of things that, that folks were going through. And I, at the same time, was going through my my own issues, whether it was physical or personal, social or professional. And so I sat down and I said, now what, what can I come up with? And I came up with the title. I, I said, folks are going to need to 
know how to deal with situations and not allow those situations to knock them down. So I came up with this whole idea of bouncing back and I love a colon and then the rest of the, the, the title is the ultimate strategy. And so I, I, I told the women, I said, let's imagine that we are baseballs. We're, we're going through divorce. We're going through deaths. We're going through unemployment. We're going through family murders. We're going through a lot of stuff, but we can't allow it to hold us down. So we are bouncing balls. And so what we need to do is just bounce up and down, up and down, get up and down as many times as you have to do that. As many adversities as you go through, you've got to get back up. And so I said to them that there are a number of ways that we can bounce back. You bounce back with your mind, you bounce back with your body, you bounce back with your emotions, and most of all, and for goodness sakes, you've got to bounce back with your self-esteem. Do not give in to low self-esteem. Thus, the the next presentation I did was on self-esteem from a biblical perspective. So our self-esteem goes up and down when we're dealing in adversity. We've all been there. We've all been there. I don't care how young or how old we are. We are not high. Our self-esteem is not high all the time. Our self-esteem comes down into the middle. It goes back down into our shoes. We've got to bounce. We've got to get back up. So we're going to deal with self-esteem as we bounce back because it's really critical to our survival. So when it comes to bouncing back in your, you want to bounce back in your right mind. Mm. Your right mind. We all know, and I wish I'd come up with this, I'd be pretty rich, that the mind is a terrible thing to waste. I did not come up with it. I would be rich. (laughs) But it's important how we frame things, how we look at things, how we focus on things. And we have to stop fighting with our hands. We have to stop fighting with our mouth and saying whatever it is we want to say to people with no regard for how it comes across to them. We have to stop using language that is not not for women mm. to be to be using. I just it just it just bugs me. So You've got to frame things. You've got to look at this glass. It's half full and it's half empty. Then you're going to take care of your body as you're bouncing back. Okay. You're, if you bounce back, you'll have renewed strength. Okay. Because your body, as we all know, and no one will disagree, is the temple of God. So we've got to be careful how we take care of our body. We're not bouncing back and getting drunk. We're not bouncing back and being promiscuous. We're not bouncing back and smoking cigarettes and vapor and and cigars and all that kind of stuff. You want to take care of your body, take care of your mind, take care of your self-esteem. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. If you can clear your mind and focus, then you will have time to recover. And part of clearing your mind is taking a nap. We are not too old to take naps. Okay? I know. I love a good nap. We are not too old. Listen, let's let's take a good nap. So the other yes. thing you want to do, and I'm saying this real quick, is that you want to bounce back by finding out what lights your fire from inside. Yes, tell the truth. And this that boils down to self-empowerment. What is it is that what is it that you can do for yourself that's appropriate for you and your situation and not the next person? Mm. I remember when my deceased husband 
passed away and I did not kill him. <laughs> you know what? And you said you were going to be good. Doctor. I am good. I am being good. <laughs> Danielle Watson Young, I'm being very good. And I was told you'll never mount anything. I was laid off. Mm. You'll never have anything. You're going to lose this house, pay for it in another year, audience. Just all kinds of things. People were saying, you can't raise that baby by yourself. She's 18 months old. She'll be 40 in three years. You sell that house and get an apartment. No. Mm -hmm. No, I had to focus. Mm -hmm. My baby brother, Dante, in San Diego said to me, you come down here for a while because I've come up there. There's no telling what I'm going to do. So I went to San Diego. I came back and I got my head together. Mm. And I got my head together. I said, God, if you get me through this, if you help me raise this child, if you help me get back on my feet, I am all yours. Mm. And that's exactly what it's been. I had to bounce back. I had to self-empower so that I could make a productive life for my daughter, Camia Curry, who is a college graduate and a black entrepreneur. Yes. So you, it's a, you just covered from head to toe. Head your to mind, toe. Your inside, your self-esteem. Absolutely. Your physical body. I love the fact now she came for some of us mm-hmm. on how we are taking care of our body. But it's a full mm-hmm. package, right? It's it's a full package. I can't stay focused if I'm physically not well, if I'm not Absolutely. physically taking care of myself. Absolutely. But I also heard two more things that I want to make sure people do not gloss over. One is recognizing that it's okay to step back and pull yourself, like pull yourself together. You don't have to stay in the grind. It's okay to step back, reach for help and support to collect yourself to get back in the game. Because the second thing I heard you just share is that this isn't about us. This is about the legacy that we're giving to someone else that we actually have a responsibility to live this life well because others behind us are looking and waiting for the opportunity to stand on our shoulders. And may I add something? When you're going through, and I think I heard Dr. Jane say this last week, or maybe I heard someone else say it, everyone doesn't need to know. My dad, first of all, told us that the first law of man is Mm self-preservation, number one. Number two, that when you're really dealing with something, only you and God need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because you tell your story, and by the time it gets to the fifth or sixth person, it's a totally different story. If I had told my story, girl, you should have seen Claudia. He abused her, beat her all up, threw her down the steps. She looked a mess when he left there. No, turned into all kinds turned of other into stuff. all kinds of things. I think the other thing, the big thing for me is my faith mm. and my spiritual mm. intelligence. I am not a Bible verse quoting person. You don't really need to be that. I know what I need to know when I need to know it. I know what's hid in my heart, right? And how and when to use the word, which is 24-7, but we've got to bounce back. And our 
spiritual intelligence is absolutely, if we don't know the Bible and we're telling our story, those people out there that don't know the Bible are going to tell you all kinds of crazy, girl, you need to find a man. Da, 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 oh, stop it. <laughs> stop Just it. stop it. Yeah, stop it. That's another so, subject for another you, time. So I, I'm curious about something that you shared, a word that you used earlier. And I know that I've heard you use it several times before. And that's the word empowerment. Yes. What does the word empowerment mean to you? It means to me that I am empowered to make decisions that are appropriate for my life. My doctoral research is entitled Understanding the Empowerment Phenomenon Among Urban Community College Women. I joined that college in 2002. I went into my doctoral program in 2004. And when they told us on day one, you probably can agree with this, Dr. Jackson, you ought to start thinking about what's your doctoral topic. And the title had to be 25 to 30 words long. And I sat and I said, and the, the women that were coming to me, I loved the students. They were all ages, ethnic backgrounds, but the issues they were coming to me with baby mama issues, relationship issues, drugs, all of this, having people make decisions for them, their significant others had their passwords and their bank accounts. And so I said, these folks probably don't have an idea of what it is to be empowered. And so I created as for my, for my uh, pre-dissertation, a pilot women's empowerment program. And the the IRR board at the college gave me the permission to recruit students from among the women's center. I did a 70 Saturday series at our West Philadelphia campus. I recruited faculty and counselors and friends to do those workshops for me. Mm-hmm. 27 of the 27 women who signed up finished the program. And we are friends to this day. They are, they are powerful, powerful women. A couple have gotten their degrees and a couple are, set, are entrepreneurs. But I had to make sure that they walked away with an understanding of what it is to be empowered, that you do not have to be in a situation that you're in. And I used myself as an example, having to raise my daughter since she was 18 months old. I could have gone a different direction. I probably would not be sitting here now. Who knows? But because I bounced back and because of my faith and because of my spiritual intelligence, because I worked on my self-esteem, I'm still working on my self-esteem, here is where I sit. So that's what it means. You make the decision that's right for you. You, self-preservation is the first law of man. When we can't take care of ourselves, how in the world can we take care of anyone else? As I listen to how you absolutely uh, unpack that we all have power, we have the opportunity to leverage our power as well as the influence that we have on on our own situation as well as what we're responsible for impacting for others and how sometimes we will trade off 
our power and allow someone else to rob us of our power. But empowerment um, is your opportunity to use your power for what's best for you. We are getting ready to go to another break, our second break. I hope that you have been able to glean some nuggets, some insight on the woman, Dr. Claudia Curry, as she unpacks for us what has helped her create a flip side as well as bounce back, as well as holding her self-esteem in place. As we get ready for our next break, I want to make sure that you are aware of the resources as well as the services that Living Strong Consulting provides. We are a multifaceted organization that impacts children, communities, the faith-based community, leaders, businesses, entrepreneurs. Our goal is to support leaders in their leadership development and support teams that the vision for the organization can move forward. So if you want to be able to connect with us and to connect with any of our services, check out our website at www.livingstrongllc.com. And I'd also encourage you to check out Dr. Claudia Curry's website, ifweinc.com. She's already begun to lay out her resources and her services. You're only getting a snippet of her insight as well as her power. There's much to offer on her website. So we encourage you to take a look at her resources, connect with her. How to get in touch with her will be um, at the end of the show. And I want you to make sure you stay all the way to the end because she told me she has a surprise that she's going to share with us that I don't even know about yet. (laughs) So I am on the edge of my seat. So you stay logged in and connected. And after this next commercial, we will come back to hear more about If We Inc. and the ability to bounce back. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The law of the trade-offs. We need to give up some things we value to grow up. We all make trade-offs in life. We don't always get what we want, but we always get what we choose. When you want something you've never had, you've got to make changes you've never done. Give up financial security today for potential tomorrow. Give up immediate gratification for personal growth. Give up security for significance. You cannot always make a new start, but you can make a new end. So join us September 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next growth webinar. Our first Tuesdays 
with the 15 invaluable laws of growth. We are unpacking Law 11, the law of the trade-off. You must give up in order to grow up. Register at www.livingstrongllc.com. Life is now in session. Are you present? We don't get a dress rehearsal in life, so why not grab every moment you can to grow? Join me every first Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for our live webinars. We're creating a growth plan and unpacking the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell. Instead of waiting for growth to just happen by accident, let's get intentional about creating a growth plan for you. Let's do it together. Log in to www.livingstrongllc.com and grab your spot for First Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 Pacific. And let's grow together. It's your time. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. I hope you have been enjoying this conversation the same way that I have. In our second segment, Dr. Curry unpacked her definition of empowerment and allowing us to get an understanding that we each have a power base and we are able to take our power back and to be really cautious about who we give our power to because it is priceless and it's tied to our legacy and our purpose. So Dr. Curry, I want to jump into that uh, logo that I see behind you. And can you tell us a little bit about the institute that you have developed and that you're launching, If We Inc.? Well, if we ink, and, and thank you for the explanation or the detail that you gave at the beginning when you introduced me, I really appreciated that. But the Institute for Women's Empowerment grew out of my doctoral work. And it was a pretty much an active organization for the first couple of years. But then the more I got into my dissertation work and the more ex- responsibilities I accepted at the college, I had to put it aside. And so uh, when I, I always said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to pick it back up. And so lo and behold, God offered me the opportunity to retire, which would be August 31st. And so I am in the process of getting the Institute up and running again. The, The graphic is symbolic for me. I sat down with the gentleman that made that and he said, what are you looking for? And I'm not an artist, but I kind of said to him, I just like to bring together diverse women. I'm diverse women and, and just amplify through the graphic 
our growth and how we're the green is that we're pushing we're pushing each other up but we're pushing up toward green and we know that green means go red means stop mm-hmm. yellow means be caution so green means go ladies we can do it we can be empowered and that's what that's what that is all about it is a 501c3 organization i will be uh, working to build uh, another small board of directors uh, again so if you're interested in working with me uh, i will tell you at the end of the show how you can reach out to me and my the uh the website is there thank you for giving the address dr jackson i so but i do need to beef it up that picture of me um, has to come down (laughs) and uh, that picture was taken in 2006 right after i graduated from my doctorate so that has to come down so i'll tell you how to reach out to me Wonderful. And for those of you who are on uh, listening via the uh, Voice America, I want you to be able to envision a group of women with their arms raised, creating the trunk as well as the branches of a tree and the outgrowth from their raised hands are the the foliage or the greenery of the tree that comes up and out of their fingers. So if you can envision that, you are seeing the image of her logo that is so impactful when I think about how she's already talked about as leaders, we need collaboration. So you see this group of women together. And she's also talked about being willing for to have different people at the table with you. All of the women are different colors and different shapes. And then she also talked about the fact that tap into the thing that you love that will help your passion grow. And they are all working together to lift up and grow together. It is a powerful image. So can you tell us a little bit more about the strategies that you've developed to help you remain persistent in this work of growth and empowerment? Well, one of, the, one of the things I want to say is that we have to learn from our setbacks. We often hear ministers say a setback is a setup. It was hard for me to realize that mm-hmm. about 30 years ago, but you know what? It yeah. really, really is a setup. It is. Because I, I can remember instances where there's something that I wanted to do and have an organization pay for, and they said no. And I said, okay, then I'll figure out how to do it. And I paid for it and I went through and I met some really, really good people. And people asked me to write contributing chapters and those contributing chapters ends up in the book. So don't take no for an answer. That's learn from your setbacks. And when folks have told me, no, you can't get it done. In one instance, and, and I won't name the organization, say, oh, you ought to sue that organization. Why? <laughs> What's that going to do for me? That's going to take, I'm a little, little lady, about this tall. What's that going to take for me? I don't have that kind of energy to put out and suing people. You know, you just say, okay, God. My One of my mantras is, okay, God, you and me. That's mm-hmm. it. You and mm-hmm. me. And when I say that, I'm absolutely fine. The ultimate strategy for letting go. So... May I share very quickly? Absolutely. It is important. It's very important, my listening audience. 
is that you bounce back so that you could help another sister who has fallen down. You bounce back so that you could be a blessing to others. You bounce back so you could be a strong role model for our younger women. You bounce back confident in whose you are and who you are. You bounce back so that you can lend a hand to someone who needs help. You bounce back so you will have the capacity to nurture yourself. Okay? You bounce back so you could be productive. You bounce back because you are unmovable and steadfast. And everyone knows where that came from, right? You bounce back and stand firm like a tree. You see that tree? You see that tree in my logo? Like a tree planted by the what? Rivers, Rivers of waters. Of water. That's right. Mm-hmm. Bounce back so you can run and never get tired. Bounce back and see from where your help comes. Bounce back so you can let go and let who? God. God. <laughs> Bounce back with skill. Bounce back so that you can continue to celebrate your life and the life of others. So those are just a few of the bounce back strategies that I have. If you'd like to invite me to come and talk to your group and share the full-blown presentation, I'm retiring August 31st. (laughs) I will have all the time in the world. (laughs) And we can go virtual if you'd like. That's about the third time she said that, y'all. I think she's a little excited about August 31st. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a teeny bit. Just a tiny bit. You know, that last part of what you just shared about bouncing back in order to celebrate where you've come from and where you're going. I think about how often women will get stuck because of what they've been through and they either sabotage or trade off the opportunity to celebrate the fact that you're still standing. Absolutely. That there's still something in you that can be used, that can be offered, that can be built upon, that can be shared. But if we don't pause to actually celebrate where we are currently, that we're still here. Right. That's that opportunity to absolutely tap into the more that's in you. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, it's not only important that we celebrate ourselves, but celebrate our sisters. Yes. Don't say, oh, she got that. She thinks she's all that. Mm-hmm. And if you say that to me, I'm going to say, yeah, I think I'm all that. Cause God thinks I'm all that. I love it. You know, Oprah has this saying of um, when people say that she thinks she's full of herself. She says, I am full of myself. I am, I am so full. I am overflowing. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Getting rid of that less than mindset or the deficit mindset. Right. Yes. Be full of yourself. Absolutely. So that you can share with others. So if we mourn with others, why can't we celebrate with others? Why can't we hold folks up? I'm a singer, but I go out and support my my fellow sisters and brothers who sing. Okay, I'm a speaker and I'll go support and I'll come here. You know, look, look at us. We met through BWEA. I've been at about four or five or six of your your sessions. I'm like, wow, that's really great. I'm really getting some good stuff. Not, oh, that Vidra, she thinks she got all that. She thinks (laughs) she got all the audiences. No, that's not what we're supposed to do, listening listening audience. We're supposed to hold each other up and celebrate each other, regardless of our background, social background, profession, all that kind of stuff. Because the creator, God uses the lowest of the low. Mm, Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know what? I love the fact that you mentioned BWEA because the very motto, that's where we met. And the very motto of BWEA is in unity, there is progress. Absolutely. So we do this thing together. Now, we only have about three more minutes before the end of the hour. So I want to know what's my surprise. Okay, so here's a surprise. Okay, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. roll. Okay, drum roll. Okay, so the first thing for retirement is that um, I am the, I'm, recently rolled off the board of the National Association for Women in Community Colleges. I created our chapter at our college, and uh, I got an email from the uh, outgoing president, Dr. Lee, one day it said, opportunity for a retiree. So short story, I am the executive director for the National Association for Women in Community Colleges. So I'm giving that shout out. If you are a woman out there and you work for a community college, you're a student at a community college, hit me up. Okay, yes. contact me, please. We, wow. we would love to bring you on board. Now, the other, the surprise, Dr. Jackson, is that on November 5th through the 21st, there will be the production at the Old Academy Players in East Falls, the production of The Wedding Band, A Love-Hate Story in Black and White by Alice Childress. Our directors are Vanessa Ballard and Carla Childs. Hi, Carla. I know you're listening. And so I auditioned. I auditioned. Yes. And I played the role of Fanny. Yes. I'm the self-selected representative for South Carolina. I'm the (laughs) only colored landlady in South Carolina. And my poor daddy, God rest his soul, he built this rental house. He built it before he died, and he wasn't even a carpenter. Just goes to show you that people can do what they want to do. Y'all, so, you know what? This, this I, I'm not quite sure how this this is retirement. <laughs> I know people are listening like, so is that that sounds like she's still offering a lot. Like this isn't retirement isn't the end. It's just her next chapter. It's so, my next chapter. Yes, her next chapter. And uh, there's a whole lesson in that as well. People who feel like, well, I'm retiring, so that means it's over. No, I think it's an opportunity. If you listen to Jane's message last week, mm-hmm. Dr. Curry's message this week, that as long as we are breathing, there is more for us to do. So we've got about 30 seconds, and I want to make sure that people know how to reach you. So what what are your social media handles? What are What's your email address? How can people reach you? Well, I am on Facebook. I am not on Twitter. I was on Twitter, but here is my email, Claudia C-L-A-U-D-I-A-C-U-R-R-Y, at earth, as in the round earth, earthlink.net. Dr. Claudia Curry at earthlink.net. So Dr. Curry has shared several ways for you to get connected, for you to gain insight, as well as to tap into her wisdom and even partner with her on projects. Dr. Curry, I so appreciate you. Thank you for your heart. 
Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for being you and holding space for others who are coming behind you. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. Absolutely. And we will stay tuned for a next episode next week. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.